What's happening, y'all? This is Todd Wilson with Elevate Your Game. Today, we have my special guest, Mr. John Lucas III. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yes, absolutely. So, John's played, uh, he's All-American in tennis and basketball in high school. Grew up in Houston. Yep. Uh, went on to play at Baylor, then Oklahoma State. Went undrafted in the NBA, uh, but then got picked up. Timberwolves. Timberwolves yep. played 10 years for over six teams. Oh, yeah, 10 years in the NBA, and then five overseas. Five overseas. Mm -hmm. 15 years playing experience. Went straight into coaching after retiring. Yep. The Minnesota Timberwolves, then uh, to the Los Angeles Lakers. Currently um, in the interview process and uh, still in coaching. Um, working with pre-draft processes. Uh, he's the head of basketball for the MBPA coaching. Coaching program. Mm -hmm. Coaching program. Uh, he has his uh, AAU program, JL3. Um, just the man of mm -hmm. basketball, of hoop. Awesome to have you here, man. Just uh, just want get, to get into it with you. Just through all your experiences of, of playing from, you know, the time. What age did you start playing? Three. Man, three. I started playing at there. I didn't start playing until I was 11, so that's <laughs> crazy. Start playing from three. How has the game just changed from you being around it, um, your dad being in the NBA, so you're always around a high level of the game, high level game, and how it's transitioned to now for somebody who, hey, my kids are four and three. Your daughter is three. She's six. Oh, she's six now. Yeah. So just like. What would you take from what you learned growing up from a you know young age of basketball to somebody who's raising their kid at that young age? What would you tell them? I would tell them, you know, start with the fundamentals. You know, I wouldn't even let my kids watch today's game in the NBA. Mm. Um, I would rather them watch, you know, back in the day game because everybody was so fundamentally sound. And then the stuff that they're doing now, you know, Steph is fundamentally sound. So Steph can create and be imagination with like the long three and different moves and stuff because he's so fundamentally sound. He already got that part. And what I see now in youth basketball, even in college, a lot of these kids, they have a lot of cracks in their foundation. Yeah. And they're trying to do the things that they're seeing on TV when they ain't even got the proper stuff to back yeah. it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So for me, you know, I think that's why I only have girls. <laughs> um, is because I think, um, and I'm not saying my daughter won't play basketball. I mean, I don't force anything, but if she is going to play, she's going to be so fundamentally sound and she's going to know everywhere to be at the court when she don't have the ball in the hand. Yeah. She do have the ball in the hand. Because at the end of the day, if you know where to be at all the times on the court, you have a place on the court to be. 100%. It was, um, it was awesome. It's been awesome just working with you. Um, for the last couple of weeks yeah. and seeing, you know, yeah. I've always seen you as the player developing skills training. <laughs> yeah. And now again, seeing the aspect of coaching is what we're working a pre-draft together. The, the information I'm getting, just the terminology, uh, the movement, the understanding of the game on the NBA level, like you said, it is fundamental. And we're teaching kids who are 18, 19 years old, trying to make that jump, that step to yeah. the league. And, you know, Thank God they, they have high IQ and they get it, but I can understand how that jump makes a difference from somebody who's talented. You see how talent slips out of the NBA mm -hmm. over the years, but mm -hmm. someone who, for you, undrafted, under six feet, and you were in there for 10 years. And I think that speaks a lot to what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, my whole thing was like, I didn't play AAU basketball growing up. 
I just train year round, you know. Um, so I only played basketball like just for high school, man. And then, so um, you know, we didn't know about AAU. I think if I would have played AAU, I probably would have been McDonald's All American. I probably would have done all the things that I saw the guys who were in my class doing because. I led the whole state in scoring. I averaged 30 points a game in high school, 11 assists. I just didn't play anything else outside of high school basketball because we didn't know I played tennis. Mm -hmm. So the way the kids was traveling for basketball, I was traveling for tennis. Got it. So I was top 15 in the country in tennis. I played in Kalamazoo, all the national rank tournaments for right. tennis, but I just didn't do it for basketball. And so my little brother came along, and then my dad start, saw the importance of AAU basketball. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, obviously, he made McDonald's All-American. He was the only, as a matter of fact, he's the only Lucas to play in the McDonald's All-American game. Wow. <laughs> and Jordan Brand <laughs> and stuff. Now, he, you know, he's an assistant coach at Duke University. Um, he, didn't, he played one year professionally, and he felt it overseas. He didn't really want to do that, so he jumped right into coaching right out the gate. And now he's up for a head coach, you know, pretty next couple of years, he'd be up for a head coaching job in college. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was a sacrifice. Like my dad said, you got to be willing to sacrifice something you're trying to get to where you're trying to go to. Mm -hmm. So the sacrifice for me is I didn't do what all the other kids wanted to do. Yeah. I didn't go to a lot of parties. I didn't kick it. I, I, I was in the gym. Yeah. I was a gym rat. Yeah. Was that 2,000 a day? How many shots? No, we was making 3,000 shots a day. 3,000. 3, yeah. Which is, well, I want one of y'all, somebody. 3,000. So it was 1,500 in the morning before school, and then 1,500 before, you know, before you go to bed. You know, luckily I had access to damn near every gym in Houston to get yeah. in if I had to. Um, I had a gun in my backyard. So I, nighttime, I just turned the lights on. I'd be in the backyard. My little boom. You mean shoot away gun people? Yeah, shoot. I shoot mean, it's a shooting. In Texas, you may have real guns, <laughs> right, too, right? Shoot away the shooting machine. And you know, everybody was very supportive. You know, so I used to have everybody come to my crib, and we'll play threes, play fours, play fives. And then I used to always try to go to the hood to play. You know, I, my dad's an NBA player, NBA coach. I grew up good. I, you know, I never had to sleep with my door locked. <laughs> you know, if I didn't want to, I grew up in a great area. But that's not where the best ball was at. Yeah. And I wasn't going to get better by playing against, like, Jimmy and Tommy and Scotty, who was my neighbors. Mm -hmm. I had to go play against, like, Hakeem, Raheem, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know, so I used to – so my best friends are from the other side of the track. Right, right. And I, my parents always, like – then my dad knew where I was at at all times, but I would go play at the Boys and Girls Club in Fifth Ward, mm -hmm. Third Ward. If the games were going on at McGregor Park, which is in Third Ward, Houston, Texas, I'm there. Like, yeah. And, you know, you just start, but I didn't play AU, but those was my games. Right. So I was still playing. I was just hooping. Yeah. And so you got, man, the creativity, understanding, applying the IQ to pick up games. It's actually tougher because not mm -hmm. everybody know where to be. Right. The leadership ability you probably had to get being a point guard. And um, that's awesome. You, you keep referring to your dad just to make sure, you know, we have a little younger audience. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, probably yeah. don't know who your pops is, so. Uh, just a little bit about your vice current uh, assistant coach for the Houston Rockets. Yeah, so my dad, you know, my dad was the first point guard ever taken number one in the draft. He was the first pick in the draft. First point guard ever taken. Second one was Allen Iverson. Hmm. Um, played 15 years in the NBA. Went right into coaching. Head coach of San Antonio Spurs. General manager, vice president of the Philadelphia 76ers and head coach at the same time. He wore all three hats. 
coach at Denver, uh, head coach at Cleveland Cavaliers. Now he's, you know, head coach at Houston. I mean, not the head coach, uh, head assistant for the Houston Rockets. Um, he just, you know, always been around the game. So he um, he really gave us the blueprint. I mean, I would be I would be silly not to follow the blueprint because right. he's obviously I have done it and laid it out. So the steps is there as a matter a matter of my brother and myself following the steps. Which to is the plan that you teach your kids now that you train, right? I try to. <laughs> like I try they don't to. Parents, parents <laughs> listen to these people who have been around the game, who understand the game, who have connections in the game that that they're able to get you to where you're trying to go or close to it, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's a small select people who get to the league, but these trainers and coaches, uh, this is our expertise. You've been doing this literally since he was three, been around it at the highest level for his whole life. And I feel like, I'm not saying him specifically, but coaches and trainers who have this experience, y'all question what we're doing and y'all try to get involved where um, we don't go on your job telling you what to do. And so I'm going to just say like it is. So I want you guys to really, I want us to change that culture because it's, it's, that's becoming more prevalent than it is that we're trusting our coaches, right? I'm mm-hmm. sure your pops, who probably the smartest dude in basketball you knew, let your coaches coach you. Absolutely. Uh, like a lot of my coaches were intimidated, like my middle school, <laughs> high school coach. And my dad used to tell him, shut up. He coach you coach him. I'm dad. Yeah. Like. I'm the same way with my daughter. Like she plays tennis and I play tennis. So I went to one of her tennis practice and obviously the tennis coach didn't, he didn't think I played tennis right. or anything. So I'm watching <laughs> and I just held my comments to myself. And, you know, I watched him. When I got home, I told my wife, oh, we're not going back there. <laughs> it just because the way he was teaching, it wasn't right. Yeah. He's reading what it was. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't no knock. I was just like, and I took it upon myself. I'm like, I got it. Yeah. Like, let me, I'm at least teach her the proper fundamentals and proper this, you know, sit down on your forehand, you know, point at the ball, swing through. Like, it was like, if you're going to do something with me, it got to be yeah. here. So, you know, and it, and it also was great because it was daddy-daughter time. Right. And it was something I, I genuinely love. I love tennis. And I saw that she was really taking a liking to it, and she still is. It was just, it's like me and her time out there. Man, I know she can't go more than 15, 20 minutes. I don't push her. She ain't going to be a pro tomorrow. You know, I'm learning that as a parent. Like, I'm not hard. And I, like, sometimes I see some of my parents with my middle school kids. And I see some of my parents with my high school kids. They acting like they're going to be a pro tomorrow. You got to let these kids make the mistakes. You got to let these kids go through the motions. You got to let you gotta let them feel the emotion of the game, the ups, the downs. Because at the end of the day, basketball is only 80%. Yeah, basketball is 80% mental, only 20% physical. Right. Yeah. The mental part is the best part. Mm-hmm. That's, I love this. I can, I can, I can mind anybody. Right, right. Right? So my whole thing is like, if I know you don't know certain things on the court, I'm going to use that to my advantage. Because yep. I'm thinking, it's like, I'm thinking the game. Yep. No, right? you, I, I, I probably ask more questions. You know, I've been around trainers and coaches for the last 15 years and I ask you more questions than I ask you know <laughs> anybody because there's so much information I want to make sure I'm connecting and understanding every little thing and, and the crazy thing I ask questions yeah. I don't know everything like last year with Frank Vogel I'm like okay show me this okay what's the beer oh okay bam like I'm still learning I don't know everything yeah 
I know a lot. I don't know everything. And I don't think nobody would ever know everything when it comes to this. But I'm at least humbly enough to say, look, I don't know everything, but I'm still a sponge. Now I'm a, I'm a sponge in this coaching world now. Yeah. Like I'm still like every time I watch a game, I watch a game on silent. I'm, I, I turn, I'm muted. Mm. So I could see what's going on. Yeah. I can see what's happening. Because, you know, you got Jeff Van Gundy talking. You got Charles Barkley <laughs> talking. Like, the game, you start drifting off. Like when I turn and watch the game on mute, Okay, I know that's delay, backside action, yes. hammer action coming, clay action coming. Mm-hmm. Like now, me as in the coaching world now, it's basically like I'm scouting, like I'm about to play against that team tomorrow. Yeah. And I'm trying to look for different things, like what's the tendency? So, like mm-hmm. the Warriors, right? I know they tendency. If Steph is on the weak side, he swings it over. Clay, Steph gonna drive it. Clay gonna get an action on the backside for that corner three. I saw that. Yeah. And Bron saw it. Bron saw it, yes. Because he remembered that from 2008. Wow. Yeah, that man's memory is crazy. But it's, but when you see everybody has tendencies. Mm-hmm. So Bron, I was like, and he stopped it. He, oh, AD, switch out. Took it away. They turned the ball over. Yeah. Yep. You know, so it, it goes with studying the game. And being a, that. A student. Being the student still. And yeah. you, you bring up LeBron that when I was able to be in the gym with him that summer. That's what, like, one of the goats of the game. Yeah, was mm-hmm. literally listening to little old me, you know, where I was. This is my, you know, I've been around pros and all that, but mm-hmm. my first time around some dudes, and I was showing him stuff, footwork stuff, and he tuned in, eye contact, got you, did it, did I do it right? Yeah, you know, he's coachable all the way through, and you know, and I can't really teach LeBron anything, but he's still listening and trying to learn, which <laughs> right. is wild, right? Yeah, but that's that's yeah. what greatness looks like. You're still learning as a coach. Um, mm-hmm. So coming back to your dad being a part of the game, being in the league 15 years, you're a legacy NBA player. Um, what is that like? The pressure that you would feel, uh, maybe to live up to a standard, if there was, or oh, no. how it is, yeah. and then we have. Kids, you know, we have, we're around arenas, mm-hmm. we're around the Barnes boys, mm-hmm. we're around all these kids. What would you tell them, or what do you tell them, you know, in those situations? You already got a target on your back. Mm. It ain't really matter what they do out there. Because it's always going to be like, oh, the Barnes kids, I just used the twins. They're only getting this pub because of their dad. Right. All right. Little CP, they're only he's only at the camp because of who his dad is. Or oh, Bronny, oh he shouldn't be in McDonald's. Only reason he's in McDonald's is because of which is that stuff you said is like that's what I grew up with. Mm-hmm. It was just like like every time my my name's never mentioned in Houston basketball. Oh, that's all I know. <laughs> that's crazy. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> but I'm wild. saying you go to Houston. They'll name other people and but me. Wow. So the argument and I, I just and I used to use that as fuel. I didn't care about like who knew me in California, who knew me. It's like my whole thing, I'm a Texas boy, I'm gonna put on for my city. Calm down. Right? So they'll name all these other players that haven't done nothing. Like when they came out of UIL, I wasn't even top hundred in UIL. That's our cute that Texas thing. Mm-hmm. They got Everybody else on there <laughs> but me. The one who averaged 30. Or my little brother. Wow. Wow. So it's more like 
I don't know what it is, right? But that was my edge. That's why every time I stepped foot on that court, I was protecting my name. Mm-hmm. So my whole point was, you're not going to make, like even today, I'm 40. And every time I step up, I still have that edge. Like ain't nobody going to ever say they got the best of me or I ain't do this or I do that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to click that off. Man. And I'm trying to get, like I was telling Bron, we had talks about this. I'm like, man, just bring Bronnie to me. Or I tell I, me and CP, yo, look, bring little Chris to me. Because they're, they're, they're not prepared for what they're about to embark on. The pressure part. That's it's the pressure part. I, I care less if they don't come to me for the training part. I'm cool with that. But that's my opinion. I'm an NBA son. I'm like, yeah. So I understand. Like it's just like Austin Austin Rivers. Yeah. He can play. But everybody say, "Oh, he only got the money because his dad was a coach." Like, don't take it. Now you taking away this man's credibility of him right. actually being out there on the, the work ethic. The work ethic. Shoot. So that was my edge. Yeah. And they still disrespect him. That's why. So it's more on the simple fact, like with me, when it comes to like, if I had to sit down and talk to little Chris, I'm like. These little kids think you trash. These little kids don't think you can play. Like every time you step foot on that court, you gotta be in kill mode. You don't never want nobody to leave. Like man, I'm just using an example. I'm just saying. I'm just, they say the same thing about Brian. Like I used to all the, like coaches and other colleagues of mine call me like, man, there's no way Brian's supposed to be. Man. I said, did y'all not watch? I was at the game. Right. He went four for five from the three. Floor game, didn't press the issue, did everything right, always in the right spot, had a ton of deflections. What are y'all talking about? Right. He got there and performed and proved that he should have been there. 100%. And then it was, okay, I do well. I, we, we, <laughs> now you mumbling and stuttering. Like, yeah, y'all, he's not his dad. Right. Like, that's his, he's his own own person. He has his own, like, to me, the, the kid killed top 100 camp at NBA camp. I, I saw it. He's efficient, knows where to be, know where. Now, he does, does he do anything to jump out at you? No, but when you look, he's a stat filler. Yep, that's a little bit of everything. That's plays, a little bit of everything. I love how he plays the game. Exactly, he so game, right? he, he'll make a play. He'll make a play, and that person, it'll like be a turnover on him, but he's like, a, like light years ahead on certain stuff, like coming off the pick, seeing yeah. the low, and that person who don't know how to play, don't know where to be on the court, without the ball in his hands, supposed right. to be in that spot. <laughs> right. So it's just like, to me, I'm like, oh, that was the right play. Yep. And like, now when I'm sitting with these college coaches and stuff at the top, they're like, oh, shit. Like, I'm telling you the kid can play. Right. He just need to be, you know what I'm saying, with other people that can play too. Exactly. <laughs> Where he's the IQ level. The IQ level is high. So, you know, obviously, you know, but I'm so happy I didn't grow up in the social media area right. like the Instagram and all this stuff because now that all the kids they're not even worried about their game no more they worry about their brand and I tell the kids if your brand <laughs> your game got to match your brand your brand can't be better than your game right like kids like little middle school kids come to me ask me about NIL deals <laughs> like what is, like what's going on here ladies and gentlemen 0.3% of high school players have NIL deals middle schoolers Please, if you get like, NIL, will me. come to you if you if you that good deserve them. Yeah. Period. 
They're, they we can't go find them for you. Okay, are you serious? I'm serious. Like I'm, I'm, I'm even my high school kid. They talking about nil deals oh, and stuff boy. like. I'm like, first of all, you gotta get scholarship. Right. You worry about the wrong thing. Oh my goodness, that's wild. Hey, but, priorities. But, get good at basketball first. If you work, if you put yes. your effort into the game, you do what you're supposed to inside the classroom, at home, and you get your work in. Go make three thousand shots a day. Why don't we just start there, and uh. All that'll come to you. All that'll come to you. And that's and that's and that was the lecture of my dad. My dad was like, man, who cares what you rank? Rankings is just a number. Every year it starts over. Right. It was like, you know, it goes back to like, I look now and I'm kind of I, I the game of basketball is pure to me. I love this game with all my heart. Like I I eat, sleep basketball, you know, I put a lot in it. I, I it's a lot of it's it's tainted right now, yeah. and it's and it's and it's not it's not the game that I know, right? Mm-hmm. You have so much stuff going on where it's actually putting these kids in bad situations, mm-hmm. and there's no guidance. It's no yes. it's, it's it's nothing in, involved in it. Um, so it's just like you look at an NBA team now. There's no veterans on the NBA team. So yes, it's wild. Like that stuff happened with Jai. If he had veterans on his team, that would never happen. You know what I'm saying? It would never happen. You, like, when I came to the league, I had Jawan Howard, McKinley McTumble, Bonzi. Like, if I got out of line, they like, what you doing, Rook? Like, right. but now whoever the man on the team, he's 22 years old, making $294 million. Who are you going to listen to? Nobody. Nobody to check him. No, but, you know, it's the same thing happening in the high school now. Mm-hmm. You get all these kids, all these money to this access. But it's no guidance. It's a train wreck. This is waiting what this, to happen. This is what this show was built for: is to give this information here to start giving the guidance back to the kids, at least at least a little yeah, bit with a, the basketball. It's a train. It's a train wreck right there. I mean, it's a sad situation. That Mikey Williams. That's a sad situation. Yeah, it was crazy. He, we, you came and spoke to the kids at court. Is, Literally the next week, that thing with Mikey happened, talking about just the people you're around, how you surround yourself, and. Um, with, so in connection with this, this is the basketball firm is that's the consulting company where we do that. We do personal development for student athletes, specifically basketball players to give that guidance Mm -hmm. and that base for what you're talking about, because the parents think they know and they don't. And the kids are following examples of other kids who don't know. And then we have anomalies like and and I respect LeVar Ball because he got his boys in the league, mm-hmm. but everybody thinks they got to be LeVar Ball when there's also a Sean Holiday who right. has three kids in the NBA <laughs> right. who are all doing well. Yes. And you don't know who he is. You probably never heard a peep to him. I coached his son. I coached Aaron his sophomore year. Sean never talked to me about basketball. Todd, how you doing? Thank you for all you do. Sat in the stands quietly, mm-hmm. cheered the team on, yep. not just his kid. Mm-hmm. And... Made sure his kid was in the gym. Mm-hmm. And so I just want I want people to know that that balance is, is it real. Gotta be, a, gotta be a balance, man. Like, just think about it. it, it I'll go further with it. The parents ain't really the parents no more. Mm. The parents is the, the homeboy or the homie now. Your yeah. son making all the money. What can you tell your son? He he paying the bills. Man. So how do you how do you combat that with them making that much money early on? 
how do you is it a respect thing because it's crazy so i'm just, I'm just saying i have seen kids talk today like i'm scared of my dad still to this day, to this day 100 i'm too. scared of my mom and daddy yes but like, i i would never talk crap like <laughs> so it's on the parents to make sure they but, come in that authority that respect and that, that and, position and my dad's my best friend one of my best friends like i can talk to my dad like even if i'm in the wrong or like, i can talk mm-hmm. to him like but i'm never gonna tell my like i be watching these kids talk to their parent crazy yeah. i'm like bro, what is this it's wild but it just it's like it's all it, they're really letting the companies can parent their kids now mm. and it's sad like you know what i'm saying like that is. it just it just i get it you know everybody's like it's just like i i don't think i would like I love, I like going to school. I don't know if I would go to a, like an overtime elite or somewhere like that. Like mm-hmm. I'm talking about for me going, to, right. it might work for everybody else, but for mm-hmm. me, I like going to class. Right. I might not like the schoolwork, but I like hanging. Social <laughs> environment with yeah, like, male and female traditional school setting with a little bit of everything. Exactly. I would never like what? go to a boarding school. I just go to like a school where I'm hooping all day. Right, and then I get to chill. Like I, I'm then I'm missing out on something. Like right. that's me. That's, that's the sacrifice that they make, and and but it's one that doesn't. I think uh, stunts their maturity process as a human. As exactly. basketball player, they're getting advanced. They're gonna be nice, but as a human, human, the connectivity, the relationship building, all of that. Like you don't even know how to keep a conversation. Right, right. Like I talk to some kids who just strictly yeah, I be trying to talk to them, and it's just like. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So to me, it's like, this is a, what I get it. Like, this is a game. It's a game I love. But to me, what's the key word I just said? Yeah. It's other things. You know, I, I, I like other things other than basketball. Right. I love basketball, but I have, if I constantly think about this all day, I'll drive myself crazy. Yeah. You got to have a balance in life. Yeah. You know? So when I do my, training with my kids it's a thinking game like i said i'm going back to the 80 percent mental 20 percent physical right i got all my kids playing dominoes it's an old school game right. i'm from the south that's what we do yep. i learned from my uncles my you know just being in the neighborhoods and stuff yep. like and i learned that it's a thousand games inside of the game mm. i thought and i brought that to the game of basketball it's a thousand games inside of the game of basketball too right What's the game? We'll pick one. Just pick a pick pick, pick part of the game, and I'll break it down. For uh, you. Getting open, getting open when the screen is set for you. Okay, you gotta walk his man in. You gotta see what the backside's gonna do. Push him into the screen, bump him, get open. What's next? Making the read when you catch the ball. It's either catch, shoot, or drive. You forgetting one point. How much time is left on the shot clock? Right. Who's on the floor with you? Who's on the floor? Player personnel. Pyt. Like yeah. it's a thousand games mm-hmm. inside of the game. Yeah. yeah. Who's making the pass? You know he can't make that pass with his left hand, so try to cut out, do an AI cut so he can make it with his right hand. Like mm-hmm. athletes are some of the most smartest people in the world. Because right. we're problem solvers. We're solving problems like this. Right? Yeah. No, <laughs> and the hardest good. position in basketball is point guard. Yeah. You gotta can control the team. You, got, you have to manage people. That manage is, man, people. That is tough. Manage the time, possessions, yeah. protect the ball, shot clock, all that. 
Sorry. So just because you have handles don't, and you're fast, don't, mean don't, you're don't a make you a point guard. Mm-mm. I just want to make sure everybody hears that. Yeah, like <laughs> just because you're working on your handles and you got all the hezzies and all that, you are not a point guard until you could think this game. Think the game. I, I think about you. I think about Andre Miller. Yeah. Where I think about Mark Jackson. People who tell me, oh, the that? athleticism is there. Don't don't sleep. But y'all were cerebral and you were just mm-hmm. smarter than literally everybody on the court. Right. And you got that. So do we go back to Domino's, right? Mm-hmm. Domino's, you got to play offense and defense. You know what I'm saying? So I know when somebody's all about offense in a game of dominoes. Like my kids, when they, they just want to get the points. Five here, 10 there, and he might get 15. I'm like, okay, he, let me go ahead and block him here. Okay, I'll see how I'm block him here. Now I got him going into the barnyard or the doom, we call it whatever. He taking all the extra dominoes. He don't know what I got in my hand. Right. So while he trying to get the 15 points here, 20 points, I'm defense now. Because mm-hmm. now I want your whole pot. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's it just a matter of fact, watching the game, how it's going. So a lot of my kids now thinking the game, I was like, now what do you get out of this? And mm-hmm. it was like, man, I should have passed up that money and kept playing this way so I could have kept my hand going. Mm-hmm. Now you think Life lessons. Life lessons, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's almost like, in the NBA, we had a young man named Jonathan Simmons from Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. Hell, of a, hell of a story. You know, paid $125 to trial for a G League team. Made the G League team, end up doing that for two or three years. San Antonio Spurs hit him up. He down rotation. And his contract here. He had a chance to stay with the Spurs mm-hmm. for $4 million less than if he went to somewhere else, right? I saw him at, we had this legendary gym in Houston called Fondy. Or, you know, it's just, it's Houston. It's like when Mojo Malone and Dr. J, it's kind of like the worker of, of the South. Okay. It's indoors. I saw him because we all used to hoop tent on Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday every day at 10 a.m. And I said, hey, man, whatever you do, you need to stay in San Antonio. I don't care how much money another team offer you, you need to stay in San Antonio. He goes, oh, man, okay, Lugai, whatever, Lugai. Boom. So free agent hit. He signed a $20 million deal for three years with Orlando Magic. Played one year of that deal out the league. And only one year was guaranteed. But he could have got the same deal guaranteed. in San Antonio, less money. Guaranteed. If he would have stayed in San Antonio, He'll still be in the league. So Man. it's about all, all money's not good money. Yeah. You had a great situation in San Antonio. Why you leave a great situation and go somewhere else? Yeah. Man. You see what I'm saying? So it's <laughs> but it's all about who's in your corner, who's teach who's giving you the proper knowledge, proper game. Like some people are like, Man, I'm gonna go get that extra four million dollars. Yeah, but do you look at the contract? Right. Only one, one year, year guaranteed. guaranteed. Second year team option. He only played one year, got traded to the Wizards, mm-hmm. got cut the next year. Now that other two years is washed out, so he only got one year of money, really. Right. So you signed a one year deal instead of a three year guaranteed, which would have made you more money in the long term. More money and not- you would have been in more league, and now you're working on your pension. Right. 
You know, once you get to the NBA, you get 10 years in, you got life insurance. You got insurance for the rest of your life for you and your whole family. Right. Once you turn 50, you got a certain amount of money you're going to get every month for the rest of your life. Right. Like I said, it's a thousand games inside a game. Like, that's why I like Nipsey Hustle. It's a marathon. Yes. Right now, everybody's trying to sprint. Yeah. It's still going to be there. It's still going <laughs> to get there. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. just, and I'm just fortunate enough. I had a father who just gave me the book and talked to me like this, but also had me around other people just as knowledgeable as him. Right. You know, That's, man, your environment and the people it's, you're around. It's a key. Like I got, you name it. I, I got a mixture of everything. Like my wife to this day says, I don't even know how, like sometimes I don't even know who you are. <laughs> Because I can literally go in the hood somewhere and I see one of my partners. And she's like, and he tattooed all underneath his eyes, got grilled diamonds in his mouth. I'm like, oh yeah, that's my that's my dog right there. That we we <laughs> play basketball so and so. We talking, I'm like, he good people. But to you know, to me, yeah. she saw me as a certain way. She so it's just but my dad put me where I should I had to be able to adapt to all my surroundings. Yep. Didn't matter where I was at, drop me anywhere, I'm good. Now you drop me right now in Crenshaw, I'm good. I'm not worried about nothing. Right. You know, because at the end of the day, it's about respect. Yeah. And that's the first thing I learned from, and I hung around number of older people. So the older guys used to always give me the proper knowledge. Like, I know if I'm going to an out-of-town city, I'm not going to wear all my jewelry. I'm not right. going to do this and do that. Like, why? Now I'm drawing attention to myself. Yeah. Two, now I might be disrespecting somebody where this is his, this is like his section, his, right. his thrill. This is like his high, like this is his moment. Mm -hmm. Now it comes, oh, now you got to deal with this. You know what I'm saying? So when I did used to go out to the clubs or whatever, I, I peep the scene. I'm like, okay, oh, he the man. I see how everybody, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a creep. I watch. I look. So I sent a bottle just out of respect. Like, that's right. Now you're good. I'm good. <laughs> you know, simple, I'm simple gesture. It's a simple gesture. Look, I, I'd yes. rather spend 150 $200 on a bottle just to show, oh, I see you. You know, I see you. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm just paying my respect. And, you know, after that, yeah. it's a respect thing. Yeah. But now you go to, like, even when I come to, you know, I come to your situation, we got the utmost respect. I don't feel, yeah. I don't come in there and say, I know everything. And <laughs> no, I'm like. And I get out the way. It but it's a respect. It's a respect <laughs> thing, and I think a lot of kids don't realize that, and a lot of parents and stuff. And it all goes back to it's a thousand games inside of the game, not just in basketball, but in life. Mm -hmm. And a lot of things happen out of out of who you, the principles you stand on. So everybody know one thing about me is I'm not gonna lie, right? You know, I'm gonna yeah. tell you the God. I'm gonna tell you the truth, even if you don't want to hear it. And that was one of my proudest moments in my life is when we was getting investigated by the FBI and the NCAA at that Baylor situation that it came out that said, well, we can't go to Lucas because he's not going to lie on, on up for us. Mm. My coach said, that was my proudest moment. Yeah. Forget the Big 12 Player of the Year, first team All-American, John Naismith, John Wooden Ward. All that moment of when I heard the video, the recording, that was my proudest moment because I, I stood on principle. Yeah, hey, that's dope. That's uh, 
I love all that. That's so much to digest. We just gonna cut all that up in this second. <laughs> this is what we gonna do. But that's good just for the for the parents. One, what are your principles for your family and your mm-hmm. kids? Yes. Two kids start to make sure you develop your own, mm-hmm. and also have the support system and the people around you that are gonna teach you this game and how it works because that's what you have the most of the most of. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, and, it's just... and no, and and look, kids these days they try to be cool. I, to me, I, I've always been a leader, right? But that didn't mean I was the coolest. I just looked at myself as a leader. I had to set the example, not just for me, but for my, for my friends and also for my little brother who looked up to me. Mm-hmm. So it was more like if I knew somebody wasn't good for me, they had to get out of my circle. I keep my circle real. My best friends, we've been best friends since we was in the sandbox, and they still there. Right? So my circle is very tight. Like, if I get out of my best friend, be like, hey, Luke. Accountability. And it wasn't a yes man. It wasn't like, let me just hang on. I know we're going to make. It was like, you bug out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'd be like, damn, I am tripping. I appreciate that. Yeah. Because he could have been like, let me keep doing. And now I'm going down slippery slope. You know what I'm saying? How how do how does a kid do that? Is it say middle school age? I deal with this a lot, right? The kids who think they are serious about basketball to the kids who actually are, and sometimes those kids are friends growing up because mm-hmm. they're both good. One of them go one one of them's ready to split that switch to really have a pro mindset, really lock in, mm-hmm. and the other one is just like, oh, I'm still talented. I'm better than everybody, and not get that maturity. How do you tell that friend? What are the words you use? What's what's the how do you make that transition saying, hey, man, I'm growing away from you for a middle school kid? I just stopped. Me, I was just the person when I ain't talk to you, I ain't rock with you like that no more. Then you know what time it was <laughs> with me. It, it was like, I ain't just really, cut it off. <laughs> yeah, I just like how you cut your water off. You don't let it keep dripping. Right. Right. You turn it completely off. Yeah. And it is what it is. Like, if you ain't had the same work ethic as me or the same grind as me, then or the same vision. Right. It's really my mine was like a yeah. vision thing. Like some of my best like TJ Ford played in the league, Daniel Ewan, like we all grew up together. And I used to go pick them up from their house so they didn't come train. Yeah. We all had the same vision. Yeah. And then we had some who didn't have that vision who end up just they couldn't they couldn't stay with the routine because they did want to go kick it or they did want to do other things and that's fine. Then they they not for they don't need to be around because, like, I was I was you on your I'm you, on, you're I'm on grind. You about right. to go play for fifteen years, right? But <laughs> I also tell like people like, man, my dream is to do this. My dream is, that. I was like, I'm not a dream chaser. I'm a goal hunter. Hmm. Mm. Mm. I know somebody that just got a dream chaser tattoo. Right, they so I would never get a. But I'm just like saying, that. I'm just nah, saying, I'm not a dream. I'm not a dream. So on my tomorrow evening, it's still on my wall right now. My parents' house. I'm not a dream chaser. I'm a goal hunter, and I had all my goals written down. And you knock every single one. And every time I I got one of the goals, I exit out, mm. exit out, and then another. If I thought something else, I write that goal. I I still writing goals down. I'm, every year I go back to the end of my my journal. Of all the goals I've written down that I want to accomplish for 2023, mm-hmm. I'm marking them down. Now I got I got new goals to put down for 2024. Right. You know, so that 
So that's my model. It's like I tell my kids, man, don't be a dream chaser. You can dream all day. If you're a gold hunter, now you got something to look forward to. Now you got something to attack. What's the biggest thing? Become the predator, not the prey. Predator, not the prey. <laughs> too, 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 <laughs> much, too many bars. But no, I'm just saying. That's, that's how, how this is beautiful. So that's I'm, how I grew up. That was so. Yeah. So that's how I that, grew up. With, with your, your your parents, what what do you think was the major one to three things they did to instill the discipline in you that you have to go get those goals? Well, you gotta think about my dad. He's a recovering drug and alcoholic, mm. so it also comes from recovery. Mm. AA, you know. Uh, he was the first NBA player banned from the NBA for a year for substance abuse. Mm. So the drug policy, that's why my dad's so dope, man. The drug policy that the NBA's on right now, my dad wrote. He wrote it himself. Yeah. The, the drug policy that the NBA's, the guideline the NBA's under now, now it's changed because now marijuana's legal and all right, that. Right. But the original guideline, he wrote. Mm. And like, if you was to fail something, he had the hospital, his home program that the players from NBA, NHL, MLB, NFL will come to. And wow. they'll go through the recovery, but they also got their training. in. So it, wow. was, it was more like, that's where the discipline part came from. Because I, I seen it. Like, my dad didn't hide nothing from me. My little brother grew up different. Because my dad was already recovered. But me and my sister, we seen it. Like, my dad didn't hide. I used to go with my dad. Mm. Not to, you know, but... I, I saw a lot growing up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was more like, especially like when athletes was there for recovery and they might relapse or son or be at the dope house or the coach. He used to send me inside the house to go get them. Because he knew that they don't want to look bad in front of no kids. Uh, so it was a way for them to get them out. So I seen zombies. I yeah. seen, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, and he didn't hide now. He was like, yo, this is like, you say discipline, you don't got to worry about it. Mm. Man. So it was like me, it was learning on the process. Yeah. So I go in there, hey, hey, man, come on, come on now. Pops outside, waiting on him. Ah, come on, little Luke. All right, come on, let's go. You know, it's just simple. Now we, you know, we it started back over. But at the end of the day, it's like, I don't judge anybody because I've seen it. Like, I know, like, if I, I go out and drink or do something, if I feel like I'm having a little bit too much, I still, my dad gave me one of his AA coins. He just turned 34. You know, we celebrate yeah. two birthdays. Mm -hmm. So he gave me one of his coins, and every time I'm, I'm out and about, and I feel like, oh, okay, I might, I always go in my wallet and heal the coin because I know where it can lead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's just a reminder, like, okay, I'm cool. And then I started drinking water. <laughs> you know but it was just like that part, because it's the discipline part, right? So my parents always instilled discipline, loyalty, wisdom, knowledge, love, and understanding. And that was, and we just never, and our whole thing was don't lie. You know, even if it's bad. Like, I come home from school, and I know I got in trouble. <laughs> And they know, I know they know, and they waited right. for me. I'm like, this is what happened. This is why it happened. I, I'm, I'm willing to accept the punishment or whatever, but this mm -hmm. is what happened. The worst thing I could have done was not tell, some, not tell my parents something before they, you know, out of my mouth and let somebody beat them and tell it to them right. so they can get the whole story. They develop that character. Character. That and, carries you through your life. Yeah, and, and stand on all ten toes. Yeah. 
you know, don't try to fit in. Be your own person. Be your own man. To this day, I'm the same way. I like. You walk to the beat of your own drum. And my and I own love drum. It. I think that's why I connect with you, man. I love authentic people who are just themselves. Cause and I'm, you, I'm willing to help. Right. Like my, my whole, my whole purpose of like with me getting into the training and everything is like I want to change lives. Yeah. I want to. I'm into changing lives. You like, can go make some money doing something else if it was about money. Yeah, it's <laughs> never sure. like to me. Is to me, money is just we need it to survive, but we really don't need it. Right. That's that's just my mindset. Like people would do anything. Like I'm never, I never want to be able to have somebody dangle money on my head to make me do something that I know I don't want to do. Or I'm passionate about, but I need that. Mm-hmm. Like I'd rather figure out what I need and figure out that lane, and then I'm gonna go get it. So my whole thing is like, it goes back to the domino game. All money's not good money. Yeah. Right. So to me, when I'm in a coaching situation now, like so, as a player, you really don't have no control. But as a coach, you really do have control of where you go and who you're going to be on staff with. Mm. You know, I was on staff with one. I was miserable. Yeah, I was making good money, but I was miserable because they didn't value family. Mm. They didn't value the same, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm working with somebody who don't have a family, who expects you to be in the gym all day, expects you to be in the office all day. Until now, I go to a situation where the last situation, it was about family. I'm like, oh man, it is it is something out here like this. Right. So now I can sit back and be like, I want to coach, mm-hmm. right? I do, I really be do. Around like-minded, and- but it gotta make sense for me and my family. Yeah. Is it gonna keep me away from my daughters? Is it gonna keep me away from my wife? If it is, I I, I can't rock with it. Right. Right. But if they understand like family's important, then okay, I can rock with it. But it's just like, I get it. Like, everybody wants to be a part of the NBA. Yeah. But, and maybe I'm biased because I've been around it my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, no, I'm just being yeah. serious. But a lot, like, when you get there, you really get to see. Yeah. Certain, like, so, and they be like, damn, is this really? No, when I, when, I went, it, when I signed, when I became an agent, I became an agent six years ago. And you just a sorry. jack of all trades. I didn't even know that. I, no, not a lot of people do because I'm gonna tell you what happened. Though. I'm gonna tell you what happened. He had agent. He got his consulting firm. He has the the core. I love basketball, man. I'll do whatever for this let, game. Let so. me find out something else. <laughs> so when I, I was an agent uh, for a short, very short period of time, but I became an agent. Um, it was actually the first. Uh, it was right before I connected and started doing working with Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started watching how agents really moved. And um, some of it was awesome. Like, oh, man, I respect this dude. Mm-hmm. But I started getting around different agents. Like, ooh, that's, that's not right. That's Shake different. Yeah. Oh, you got to be like, oh, you don't get to see your kids. And started looking at the lifestyle mm-hmm. that some of the agents had. Yeah, the I'm not going to say this. Most of the agents had. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I don't know if I want that for myself. And I, I decided then, I was like, nope, I'm sticking with what I'm doing because it's more fulfilling for me. Um, and I, I think 100% I could have been an agent. I think I have yeah. that, that, that skill set. But where I am now with my wife and two kids, it would be tough on my wife, like you're saying. And those things and realizing what, the, what it would have been. Right. Um, just speaking to what you're saying. But it just, it goes by what I, like, everybody, my dad was always around. That's dope. 
Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, that's the only thing I know. Yeah. So it's like, of course, I'm a, if I see that as a child my whole life, I'm, I'm going to bring that in my life. Like, I, I love going to my daughter's soccer practices when I can. You know, she understands daddy work. You know what I'm saying? But I love that part of, like, I'm not going to keep chasing after something that way. It's taking, because I'm taking away from this. Right. I, stuff. I look up my daughter's in high school. And I'm like, right. man, where time go? But I'm up here chasing after something mm-hmm. that don't love me the same as my daughter do. Right. right? So, like, I told IT. Had a real conversation with him. like he posted something. I told I told it. I said, "Say man, unball your fist, man. Hmm. Unball your fist. Stop being so mad, man. The game just don't love you no more. Hmm. Like it don't. It, it's time to move to that next chapter of your life. Because I was him. I was the same way. My last year of playing. What? What? Why is it so? Why is that so tough? Especially because you. Because it's all you you've been doing your whole life. Yeah. You haven't done anything. It's, it's, it's like you've been known as a basketball player. And what do you tell those guys and how to do that transition to find that next thing? I started finding that next thing like five years before I retired. Okay. Like the game's going, you're not going to play. Everybody think you're going to play basketball forever. <laughs> it, it's like guys would be like, oh, I'm playing till the wheels fall off. Yeah. Okay. Then what? Right. The ball's not bouncing for everybody someday. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, to me, it's like, what, what's the next thing? Like, what, what is it? What's your other interest? I always wanted to be a coach. I never thought about being anything else. You know, I was going to always be a part of basketball. Right? But it's like certain things. I know if I put my mind to anything, I can really be whatever I want to be. Right. right. Like, I'm low-key an uh, agent now, but I just didn't go to – because <laughs> right. I do deals all the time for, for everybody. Right. So I know if I want to go in that lane, I can go in that lane. Yeah. But that's not what I'm passionate about, mm-hmm. right? And at the end of the day, it's just you're chasing something that just, like, I knew it was over for me. And my last year playing when I outplayed everybody, and, I, and then I was in a suit and tie because I was inactive. Mm-hmm. And I just got done scoring 18 points every game with four assists. But you got Ricky Rubio making... 23 million. We just drafted Chris Dunn. We got Tyus Jones. I'm the old head now. I'm only up 30. Well, I retired at 34. Yeah. So I'm 34. I'm an insurance policy. One of them guys get hurt. But at the time, my wife was pregnant. I wasn't around for my first. I, I mean, I was there for my the birth of my child because mm-hmm. I had them cut me on the seventh. Like, I, I knew I was getting cut. Right. Because because your daughter was going to. No, not just that, because oh. I knew they weren't going to pay me $2.2 million just to sit on the end of the bench for the rest of the year when they gotcha. can go out and, and bring guys in that's younger. And I wasn't mad at it. Mm-hmm. wasn't mad at it, because now I got to be home, saw the birth of my door. And that's when I was like, I told my wife, I didn't even tell I was retiring. I wrote like this long post on my Instagram with some Jordans I had hung up on, uh, uh, uncut it, like the net was uncut it, like, so it was just mm-hmm. to go. And I said, man, I gave this game my whole entire life. It's time for me to move on. Like went through a whole spill, and then my wife woke up. And was like, "You for real?" But I didn't tell nobody, <laughs> and I wrote it at like three a.m. Wow. It was just like, "Oh, my dad calling." He was like, "It's about time." He was like, "I've been told." You know, it was just more like, "Why well, keep putting my?" Because you, as a player, what people don't realize, and you like this, mm. it's an emotional roller coaster, mm. especially where I was at. Like it was just some, like on in the league, out the league. 
playing, not playing. It was just like that. <gasps> the hire, then you get back low, then you gotta go overseas, and then you come back. And it, it's like <laughs> you gotta be mentally tough to like. That's why I tell these kids. I say y'all don't know the half of what you gotta go through. Their adversity is their coach didn't or pulled them out of the game after they missed. Is that? Are they like, leave, now you got what? They leave a team to go to another team, and then leave a team to go to another team. Transfer. It's like who is? Is it your fault or the coach? It can't be the coach's fault all the time because the coaches don't leave. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't fool me. Like if you're the only person leaving every time, guess what? You're the problem, my guy. Most likely, <laughs> like, you most, know, likely. most likely you. It's not the coach. Well, oh man, he and then oh man, did like what do we like? You know what I'm saying? So it's just like. Own it. That's why I tell my kid, figure it out. Like, stop running. Because if you run now, you're running for the rest of your life. Right. Like, only reason I transferred from Baylor is because my teammate murdered my other teammate. And the coach was cheating and lying about the murder. So that's why I left to go to Oklahoma State. And only, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, that's a pretty good reason to move. No, I'm just saying, but (laughs) it's like, yeah, I really have been through everything in this game. And they're like, so is you need to write a book. You write a oh, book? No, you write a book, John. I you rather, need to. So, I'm t- is- so what I'm saying is like these parents are letting these kids run. Like, yes. like what are you teaching your your son? Okay. Are, are you a young lady? It's okay to Jump. if something don't work, get out of it and go this way. Oh, that don't work. Go. Like, what are we, what are we teaching? Like, no, that's what's wrong with our generation is that they run from adversity. They don't ever face it. They don't ever learn how to deal with it. And so when stuff happens and they're an adult. They have, and th- th- it leads to it. It's actually proven. It leads to the mental health issues because the mental toughness wasn't built when somebody could hold them and walk them through their failures. And that's the man. That is what I preach. Like, let your kids wash their own clothes. <laughs> Simple. Hey, if they I, forget well, their jersey, now tell her. Uh, uh, you're right, but I <laughs> I didn't wash my clothes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, oh man! <laughs> I didn't. I, I didn't learn how to wash clothes. So I got to college, and my did co- you, did my got to clean your room. No. Oh my gosh. Mm-mm. Okay, please tell me this. Then how did I? I guess you you learn discipline by going into the gym, the gym and drug houses and pulling people. No, no, not that. Two, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> so I learned cool. this. My dad, yeah. he he said, "This is your job." Okay. Right. So I mean, we had a. So what we had if you a, didn't go to the gym? What you mean? I was at the weight room running. I was no, 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 no. Like if you missed a workout, was there? I, ne- I never missed a workout. So you because it's something you love. That's interesting. No, I'm just saying I never. I'm just saying like I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I was just saying I didn't. I didn't do that growing up because it was taken away from me being in the gym. Got it. Okay. So that was that was the flip side. So I didn't learn how to wash my own clothes. So I got to college. Like my sophomore year, I dated this girl. She, I was like, oh, I was like, now she was like, oh, you don't wash your clothes? I was taking my clothes to the cleaners, like to a wash and fold. <laughs> like I'd rather spend the bread because I didn't know. So I'll just go take your bag. I'm being honest. No, I no, 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 no. <laughs> what I, what I, I guess I want to get to is this. <laughs> what adversity did your parents let you live through when you were younger then that created the you being able to handle the ups and downs of the NBA? I mean, I was just there. To me, like the NBA was just that's what I grew up in. Yeah, so, so you saw it. I, I knew yeah, I, I knew what was I knew what I knew what it was. Like I cause I grew up like I used to go on road trips with my dad when I was in mm-hmm. middle school. So I got to see what a pro how a pro is. Right. Like I say, he used to it was a crash course with me. 
Mm-hmm. Like I used to leave school Thursdays. My dad had two games on the weekends on the road. I fly on the team plane. I learned how to play blackjack. I learned how to shoot dice on the plane with the players. <laughs> like I, I saw how they, I saw the players who was really into like getting their rest of what they ate, what they put in their system. I saw the players who liked to gamble. I saw, I just saw it all. Mm-hmm. I saw the coaches, how they cut film, how they give scouting reports, how to relay messages. Like I'm fifth grade looking at this, soaking this in. Yeah. Like I knew how to order room service. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm just saying right. like, but my dad also like, I could go out by myself. I'm in fifth, sixth grade. I can go walk around Miami by myself as long as I was in, right. I, I had to stay in a certain area, but long, right. you know what I'm saying? But I, I could go out and see, he was like, this is what you're going to be. You know, you need, if you, you say you want to be a pro, I'm going to show you how to be a pro. So when you get there, you know how okay. to be a pro. So you had hands-on life experience class. Correct. How to one-on-one. That lifestyle. Okay, so. <laughs> so my whole thing set up was trying to get to my goal. And my goal yeah. was to be in the NBA. Like, my goal was to play 10 years in the NBA. I think that's why I only played 10 years. I just set my goal higher. But mm-hmm. I said my goal was 10 years, and I got 10 years. Like, the people, mm-hmm. when you write something, you, oh. you're sending a message to God. Back of two truths. Write it down, make it clear. That's 100%. So it just, you know. It just to me is like, and if I make a mistake, that's okay. I gotta learn from it, right? And he and he let me make mistakes. I made plenty of mistakes down the road, but I also would never make the same mistake twice. Mm-hmm. You learn. You learn. So it's just like when somebody say, "Don't touch that oven; it's hot," and you want to be hard, and you touch the oven until you learn that it's hot. It's hot. So. The way I grew up was like, my sister was a figure skater. She could have been in the Olympics in figure skating. So we always got up early as kids because she had to be on the ice at 6 a.m. Hmm. So all naturally, guess what? I'm an active kid. I know how to ice skate. I can hockey skate. I can figure skate. I can do all that because if I'm going to be there, I ain't just going to be sitting. <laughs> right. So I learned, but it also taught me how to get up early and go after something. So when he came to basketball, I got up early at my shot center. Like even today, I still get up early. I, I wish I could sleep in. I wish I could like sleep to like eight thirty, nine o'clock in the morning. The body warm. My you. body, because over the, I always get up at five forty-five. Yeah. Get my day started. So now my day consists of me meditating and praying first, and then I kick my day off. My, my, my day, I'll get my daughter, make breakfast, then get to the gym, get to the guys, train, work. You know, now it's a little bit different than like, then it was shots, weight room, take a little break, get something to eat, back on the court. Yeah. You know, now I got boxing or pool, like every day it might have switched. Then back on the court at five, from five to 6.30, we hooping. Then yeah. chill, eat dinner, whatever. By nine o'clock, I'm back in the gym, get my other 1,500 mates in. And then I'll go to the club or go out or do something like, but I had to get to the, I had to get my work in work. first. Yep. Cause I'm not getting to the party when it opens. I'm gonna get there. Really. I don't want to be there for 45 minutes. That was my mind. I just want to be there for 45 minutes. Like the last 45 <laughs> minutes are, you know, when it's really cracking. Right. I don't right. want to get there when it just, eat, you know, so yeah. <laughs> I'd rather get my work in. No, this is my mind. And my, no, and my, too. and my best friends would be right there with me. They'll come rebound for me or like, We'll put the, the shooting gun up. Mm-hmm. If the ball come out, they'll throw the balls back in there. And then, you know, I'll take a shot at the gym or whatever. And then we, we off to the club. They all, you know what I'm saying? But 
know. It was just like we had, and one of my best friends played Major League Baseball. My other best friend, he's an actor, and he's in the poetry. Like, I was only hooper. Well, my, my other best friend, he was a hooper too, but he chose baseball instead. So he, he um, we all brought something different to the table. Mm-hmm. And then my little brother got to see all this. Mm-hmm. So it's just more like, oh, you still kick, you still go up, but you also, so my brother did the same thing. That's dope. So you had the hands-on experience and you saw your parents example that for your family through your sister first, mm-hmm. then you, then your brother, mm-hmm. and now, you know, passing that along. So that makes sense too, that you were built through, I want to say the, the conditioning. Right. Of that's, yeah. Hey, this is how we live life. That's it. That, yeah. Versus someone. So you had those examples to follow, which to- makes total sense why you didn't wash your clothes. Right. And so coming back to that is that, so these kids, they have that example to follow. Right. But follow it, but they don't necessarily, we're their example now. Exactly. Yeah. And we're not at home every day mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. those kinds of things. So, so it's just like, I get it. I feel like, yeah, I wish I'll, I, I, I should have learned how to wash clothes by then, but the mindset and the mission in, in the household was different. Yeah. You know, we had somebody come every day clean the household. So mm-hmm. I, we just had to throw the clothes in the bin. My, my room was always yeah. clean, but. I ain't start making my bed and stuff until I got to college. Gotcha. That only reason is like people laugh at me all day, so you can laugh as long. But like my first year in college, I had a I had a housekeeper. I like found somebody. <laughs> Boozy, no, for real. I'm just saying, like I had somebody come clean up my place every twice a week. I mean, just think about it. Uh, we get man, predi- the we, we get money we get money from school. Right, right, right. I might as well, if I gotta pay seventy five dollars to clean up my place and I ain't gotta do it, I can be at the I'm hey, no, where else I'm a, I'm I'm efficient. That. So I'm like, if I can do that and I got a clean house. Now I'm learning something new every day. Right. Yeah, and I'm that. getting this money from my school. Like I think about it, when cause you buy stupid stuff. Yeah, you do. TVs and I'm actually buying something that really benefits me where my house is always clean. Yeah. And I get it and I don't have to worry about that part. And you'd be more productive with Go, go, uh, what you call it? Go hunting. Go, go, go hunting. hunting. So yeah. it's just like, you know, but people are like, oh, you bougie. Like, how do you, I, I like. Oh, it's okay that you bougie. I'm bougie. No, so. I'm just saying, I like, it. I grew up different. Like, I never <laughs> yeah. thought I was nobody else. Like, when a lot of my team is like, man, you ever had that government cheese? I'm like, no. Like, I ain't never had government cheese. Like, right. like, what the fuck? Like, what is it? You know, but I wasn't going to be like, oh, yeah. Because now I'm phony. Lie. You can't lie. I can't lie. Now I'm not being authentic to who I am. I ain't never had government cheese. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, nah, I ain't never had that. That's and that don't make me real. That don't make me, I ain't a real one or anything like nah, that. It makes you real that you didn't. That's, I, that's, that's how I feel. That's I'm so real that I didn't. And it, and I'm okay with that. But if I had to, it's not like I wouldn't try it. But I'm just saying, you asking me because you think I'm going to try to, it's not gonna happen with me. Like I'm not gonna tell you shit that I ain't been through. Right. So to me, it was, and they all look at me like. So it made sense when they was like, "My house be clean." I'm like, "Man, you do this? No, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know." But <laughs> wife, we need a house cleaner. For so sure. I can get to this business. Everybody do. If now, you, you hear this, <laughs> everybody do. I do, like. I do not like cleaning. I don't either. But that I just really started doing it. the dishes this year. We're going to move on. I'm getting upset at the like this man had it. I didn't about uh, cleaning. Oh, right. man. Um, 
So we have our wall of movies, hoop movies, man. Uh, what's your favorite hoop movie? Now it's why? it's a lot. It's a lot. I like I like really I like them all, but the one that probably sticks out the most to me would be Hoop Dreams, mm. because of I actually got to watch those kids go through high school and see who made it and see who didn't and see who was still around when they didn't. All right. But you got to see really adversity in that movie. Yeah. Torn ACL, didn't know if he was going to go to Marquette. Then Arthur Avey, who had to go to JUCO and then do this. Like, you know, these two kids that really basically was ahead of their time. It's basically the kids that's in there now. Yes. That's <laughs> it. Kids, if you haven't go see Hoover, it's a documentary. It's a, documentary. It's a real, it's a real basketball movie. So, so and and, it, and it's real. It wasn't scripted. It wasn't written. It was real. And like even me playing in Chicago and having Chicago ties, like I see kids like that all the time. Yeah. Yep. And now basically what we're doing with the whole mixtapes and the things and stuff like is basically. Right, that without the actual Act, yes, the internet connection. Back and then back. I would say the next one would be Blue Chips. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Hoosiers and Joanna Man. And the reason <laughs> and I like, Man? that was my neighbor. Oh, okay. And it, like when I first moved to LA, uh, he he used to always scare my daughter, like I'm joking. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, man, that's Joanna Man. That's all I kept saying. I was just, I was like, I was just saying, I, I told my wife, I'm like, man, I think I'm next door neighbor, Joanna Man. And she was like, who? And I was like, Joanna Man. So for Halloween, one Halloween, I tried to order the jersey with the wig and all that. I was going to have them sign it and take a picture. Uh, but it never happened. I couldn't find the jersey or the, or, or the, um, the shoe. I'm like real, I'm real yeah. detailed with everything I do. So mm-hmm. I could, if I can't find the whole thing I want, I won't get it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm actually looking for jerseys from every single one of these movies. They make most of them. But I yeah. want I think uh I don't they don't have Celtic Pride. Um I can't find a Coach Carter jersey. You can find a blue chip jersey. Yeah, I get sure. blue chip. You can find I a can't... Coach Carter jersey. It's on uh it's like if you Google it, they have like it's this company that make all the movie jerseys like Okay, I so they you. have them. Yeah, okay. they have them. Okay, yeah. And, and white... Sunset Park's hard to find too though. Because that's, the that's a sleeper movie. Yeah. Not oh, that, no, Sunset, Sunset Park. Park. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, it's this. I, I got. I send it to you. I got. It yeah, yeah. But yeah, those will be it. And then white men can't jump. So I got. I mean, I'm a fan of all the hoop. Who yeah. cornbread early me? I didn't even see that. Oh, that's a classic. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big. Thank you, cornbread. Woo. I'm Man. a big. I'm a big. Um. I'm a movie buff, so it's just. And now I see you took the Fresh Prince kind of like thing. Yeah, you know. Man, that's, yeah, man. That's that's that's. Like, you see that wall back there. Yeah, so that's all her. It's like she did that. Okay. And so we're gonna um, we're putting in it's like the first Prince of Bel Air when he was in background rapping. Exactly. Yeah. So got my favorite verse, Romans eight twenty eight. Um, it's gonna be a mural of Kobe. We'll have uh, D Fish hitting the point four seconds. Uh, Vince Carter San jumping Antonio. up. Yep. Vince Carter jumping over uh, old boy. Uh, the in Australia, US, the US, uh, USA. Yeah, USA, mm-hmm. and then uh, uh, Pippen holding up Jordan in the flu game, and so. Any other moments I'd have Game up there. six? Utah. From? Utah. Huh? Yes. For Yeah, I'm talking about where Pittman was holding up Jordan. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, 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 more back. Yes. Any other moments you could think of? Oh, and I have AI. I have AI stepping over Tyler. Yeah. I, it was I, just it was my I, I would hate I would hate for you to put this up, but I would understand if you did. Would be the LeBron one. 
when he jumped over you. Yeah, I would hate that you would do that. But <laughs> I would not do that. I, I would understand it because I'm gonna be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> it's gonna be a Lucas in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, at one hundred percent. Yeah, so it's just you know I'm be I might be in there for that though, but <laughs> he gets inducted, but it's all good though. I can't do that. I know you. I yeah, can't do I, that. I, I almost, I would. I almost want, don't want to do the Ty Lue one because I respect Ty Lue so much. I don't know him yeah. personally, but I know everyone That's my around. Big Ty I know, my I know big everyone girl. around him except him, and so. Uh, but I'm like that AI moment was monumental. Those are ones that just stick. That one and crossing Jordan. I just can't have. I can't have Jordan getting crossed on my wall. It's yeah. disrespectful. Yeah. So. Had every little kid out there trying to do that crossover, but we ain't think Jordan had any flaws. No, I know that changed my life. Yeah, that's that's when saying. I started hooping. That's when I like turned it. Like I didn't start hooping until I was 11. I know. And I remember when, you telling yeah, me that. It was, it was that moment. I'm like, I'm doing what he did. Afro and all, grew my hair out. Let's get it. Um, all right. So the next uh, segment is uh, my Rushmore. Okay. So it's going to be your top four. Whose faces would you put on the Rushmore? Topic is my Rushmore top four players in the league today. Today, today, Braun, KD, Giannis, Dang. <laughs> trying to figure out who he's not going to say. Right, because I, I I wish the Mount Rushmore was a little no, bit longer. No, it's four on purpose. But it's yeah. four. You got Bron, KD, Giannis, Steph. Steph. Okay. I got <laughs> Steph. I mean, I could go on all. You got Luca, could be. Yeah, no, you got Luca. Yeah. You got Joel and B. You got yeah. And Jokic. Yo, yeah. You got J. You got J. H. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of hoopers in 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 man. The game is. The game is beautiful to watch. What do you think separates those four um, from those other uh, cerebral part of the game? Mm -hmm. They know how to operate around. All of them have championships. Yep, all of them got chips. Um, Step, what I say, step. Yep, all yep, all, all of four them do. got chips. Mm -hmm. So that make that makes sense. My four, I'm just change one probably. I got Bron Curry. And it's not just how he's been playing in the playoffs. I got Devin Booker. As Mount Rushmore? Okay. Uh, top four. Uh, top four. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Right finish, 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 finish. Finish, finish. Right, so who's the four? four? <laughs> who's the four? four? I love this. I love this. Because um, I love D-Book. Yeah. I love D-Book. Um, then I'll go, I'll go KD. Yeah. I'm taking Giannis out. Mm -hmm. And my argument for Book is I think he's just scratching the surface of how good he is. He's only 25. And, and and he gives me that Mamba feeling. Relax. Let's yeah. relax over here. Let's relax. Why? Let's talk Let's relax. It. The way he works, just his let's, mentality. Let's relax. The way he pulls up in the mid-range, his ability to take hey. over. He. They already know how I feel about it. Bill Bob Cole, man, that's my big bro. I said his mentality. Yeah, nobody has a mentality like him. I said, I know where he was close. No, it's not. No? Right. He was sick. Hmm. Hmm. That's a that's a that's some Tupac stuff. Okay, what do you mean by that? He, he, he he's the best. 
Like he, he's the be- he's the best at that. And so nobody else can exemplify that type of no. mentality. Mm-mm. He wrote us a book and told us that we could though. You'd be close to it. <laughs> okay. No, I was, He's, to me, Booker is the closest to that mentality. Because he got B legendary on his arm, don't mean he, no, he, I didn't even he know he had that mentality. tattoo. Yes, he did. That's I what Kobe know. told him. No, so I remember. I remember the, no, no, no. I know, and he said it the other day, yeah. and I remember that 100%. I remember after he told him that, <laughs> I saw Book in the gym and just said. No, Book a gym, he a gym man. rat, but Kobe was sick. Mm. Kobe was a sick individual when he came to the mentality stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he went through, like, flat. Are you allowed to say this? Yeah, he right. went through, like, what's the, uh, the naval, uh, naval, um. Uh-oh, uh, uh, um. What's it called? The. Navy SEAL training? Yeah, where yeah. he was held underwater. Yeah. Karan Butler was, too. Him and Karan did it. Oh, Karan I, told me that story. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm just but, saying, no, no, but, but yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. who want to be put through? I'm not going to put myself through <laughs> Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like I'm I'm kind of sick in my mind, too. But now I'm not sick enough to let somebody hold me underneath the water and for me to, like, kind of, like. Try to survive or whatever. Yeah, like, you That's know what I'm saying? But it's just, like, he was willing to. Like, he played mind games. Hey. Like, I never get this. Like, my junior year, after I got, like, Big Tour player and all that, and we went to the Final Four, I flew back home. I never missed a Kobe. You know, I grew up four houses away from Kobe. In Philadelphia, him and my sister went to high school um, together. So um, I came, I was like, so happy. I was like, I came watch the game. He played against the Rockets, so I flew back home for the game. We just got done with the Final Four and all that. And I was like, yeah, I'm getting like, getting like 1,500 shots. Like, I'm telling him my routine. And he was like, that's it? That's, that's all you getting up? He was like, young boy, I get 2,300. Like, I don't know if it's true or not. But that's, but, that's what he was trying to. But it was like, I was like, damn. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Kind of like. What? <laughs> and I was like, damn, I ain't doing enough. Because, you know, I look like, yeah, I grew up with MJ. You know what I'm saying? I went to the barbershop with MJ, drove in his Corvette with him. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, but Kobe was like, yeah, that was like person I was trying to yeah. imitate. Right? Just because of the way I saw him as a high school player all the way to the league. Mm. So it was for me. It was like I knew from the off top he was gonna be one of the best because he was. My dad had him practicing with the Sixers as a junior in high school. He was the best player on their team, and he was in high school. That's how bad they were. <laughs> but, I just saw a post on Twitter about him and his junior year in high school, actually, and the stuff he was doing was just next. Like, yeah. So it was like. But he, like, I kind of learned the mind game stuff from him. Mm. Because once, like, you know, he passed away. Or he passed away and all these stories was coming out about him. Like, how he was on the bus with no music. But he was acting like he was listening to, like, music and bobbing his head. But they were talking and he was, like. He was listening to what they're talking about. But it's just like, okay. Or he'll do something like Jason, <laughs> my dog Jay Will say that he was out there shooting. And he thought he was shooting more than Kobe, so he uh he was all shit. Yeah. And Kobe like Kobe left, then Jay left, and then Kobe came back and shot. Like you're not gonna outwork right. him, even <laughs> if he come out there and take two more shots, you're just not gonna outwork him. Mm-hmm. And it was like that's the mentality. But it's the mind game. It's like he want to separate. Like now that I'm coaching, I'm player development, and I'm also coaching, you know, X's and O's and defense. I want to separate myself. I want to be the best. Mm. Like, I want to be the best. I'm going to do stuff where now that I see a lot of um, other people 
do some of my drills that I've done that I've never seen them do before. Now they, do, but I know they don't know how to explain I'm it. I'm taking all your defensive drills. But Thank the you. crazy thing about me is, I all you gotta do is call me. I'll give you the game. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Like you know what I'm saying? Like because I feel like it's all like I'm about helping others, but it's not like let me hold all this up together right. or what. So it's like, and I hate it when I hate it when I hear player like other coaches and even on our, even in the NBA and also player development, like, oh, that's my guy. That's my guy. I don't want you around my guy. That's my guy. Like, I only got one kid. <laughs> my, my wife's pregnant now, but I mean, I only got one kid. That's my daughter. Yes. I don't have a kid that I can say, like, that's my kid. Like, only work with me. No, you should hear multiple voices. <laughs> like, my dad didn't start really being hands-on with me in my development until my, my junior in high school. I had way other coaches. Mm. I had a shooting coach, I had a skill development coach, I had a weightlifting coach, and I had it. You know what I'm saying? So you might know the answer to this question. Sorry, you bring me to skills development. Who trained Michael Jordan? Mm-hmm. Dang, nobody <laughs> knows the answer to this question. I don't know who trained me, Michael Jordan. It was actually we we were at D Wade's invite. Me, Chris Johnson, Eric Bledsoe, and Devin Booker had this conversation. Mm-hmm. Who trained Michael Jordan? They, some people say it was his mom. Some people say, I mean, he like he had he had all the work, all the moves that we used. I think I think it just came from his older brother. Ah, that's interesting. Because you got to think about it. He didn't make the high school team. A lot of this, a lot of the Jordan stuff that he was doing was coming from parks. Watch his game. All, all this is somebody in the neighborhood who just didn't have the right resources to get to where all mm-hmm. that and doing the right. Like some of the stuff I picked up, I picked up from. Right. The park. Just hooping, yep. <laughs> Just hooping. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. like, how is he getting that off? Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I didn't pick it up from a skill coach. Because a skill coach is going to teach you fundamentals and teach you right. the basics. And Especially stuff. back then. Back then, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, like I don't teach where you learn how to use both pivots. Yeah. I'm not a left, bit. left pivot or strong foot. Yeah, pivot only, right? only, right? And I don't mm-hmm. teach reverse pivot. Yeah. I don't um, teach reverse pivot. No, I teach front turn. all front turn because now I won't be able to go both ways. If I reverse pivot and I'm playing against somebody like Tony Allen, a defensive player, he's just going to sit on Now I got to go to my, my weak hand. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like me. I'm like, so, it, but I get it. Some people do reverse. You might have to reverse one time when you do the AI cut coming out this way and you're reversing. You got to reverse. As long as that defender, you saying if that defender's it's, playing defense, yeah, somebody's playing defense. It's all about to. reading reaction. Like yeah. to me, what I'm seeing a lot of kids do now when they're playing in these games, it's like they're scripted because they're drilled out. Mm-hmm. They're doing all these drills and they get to the game and now they're Euro stepping. You don't even need a Euro step. Man. But because you're usually going to a cone and they're telling you to Euro step over. Yep. Now when you get to the game, it's like like everything with shooting or with anything in life, it's muscle memory. So you drilling out. That's muscle memory. So every time you make this move here, you automatically gonna be like, "Oh, I gotta go here." Instead and of reading, instead of reading, you gotta learn how to read. You gotta learn how to read. So it's just like I haven't rode a bike in years, but I can get on a bike right now because all the years I rode a bike as a little kid, <laughs> I'm gonna know how to do it. Just like shooting, I don't shoot nearly as much as I did growing up. But all those years of shooting, you'll shoot as good as you did. Mr. I can Data. still shoot the ball because of muscle. You'll memory. be in the AR in a shooting competition. <laughs> So it's just like, so that's what I would say. Yeah. So it's just like, I will, I always tell my kids, if you're not in the gym with me, go be in the gym with somebody else too. Mm-hmm. 
is like you should be putting at least six to eight hours of work in a day. And then I was fortunate enough to have parents who understood the sacrifice. Yeah. I got a lot of parents now who don't understand. They want their kids to be this, but they're not willing to take the sacrifice for their kids to get to where they think their kids should get to. Right. Yeah, it's a sacrifice on the parents too. 100%. But, well, more than the kid almost. You know, so it's like, but now kids don't even want to get their license anymore. Yeah, I see that. So it's just more like, okay, you know, you know what I'm saying? So you don't really want it. That's what it comes down. It's like I told a kid yesterday who is a very, very talented, probably one of the highest ranked eighth graders in the nation, right? Whatever rankings mean. He's really talented, right? Mm-hmm. I thought I was like, man, you don't really love basketball. I shouldn't I wouldn't have to tell you these things right. that you would naturally do if you love the game. You like it. I and I hate the fact they're ranking like little kids. Yes, wow. <laughs> I, I get it. I hate the fact though. Yeah, I, I tell kids that I've, I've had kids who are the number one eighth. I probably get in, in the you program. Have, you top, can usually get all the top kids. Top, I get top ten eighth graders <laughs> every year. Guess where? One of them are by the time they're a senior, not playing basketball anymore. And the ones who weren't on any radar are the ones who are in college. See, I hate to say this right now because I have an AAU program. <laughs> but if I had a son, my son wouldn't play AAU until he got to eighth grade. But I would just we training yep. and playing at the park or playing men's leagues or mm-hmm. I would just I I just because you pick up a lot of bad habits. Core was originally started for that reason to take away AAU. When I started in that middle school, I saw a lot of I, that's when like commercial like real commercial basketball. This ten years ago when it was getting really bad in California, it was always there. But you saw more AAU <coughs> programs, more showcases. More of these tournaments for no reason, no purpose. And I was like, man, let's it's just a, train. It's a money win. grab. Thank God we had highly competitive kids so we could play pickup. And then you playing against me. Mm-hmm. You could play against these dudes who just got out of college or whatever. It was literally for that. But the machine tells you to, oh, no, you got to play on this AAU team. You got to play you in this know, tournament. Hey, college coaches don't recruit eighth graders, man. They don't. And the, the, the thing, and I'm, the only reason I say that is because like I said, uh, it also goes back to the how I grew up, but it also, I know the importance of knowing the game in every aspect um, and being where you don't have any flaws in your foundation, mm. right? Um, and I take the same thing into, my, into being a parent with my daughter. Um, I, I want her to always succeed, so I sit and talk to her and I have her kind of figure it out because I'm laying a foundation down to where I don't have to keep repeating myself. Mm-hmm. And um, when it comes to like some of the things that I see on the level, NBA and college level, and you wonder, man, I wonder what happened to him. Hmm. Because he had a lot of cracks in the foundation. And I get it. You, they, Everybody tells you you got to go when you're hot. You do. Yeah. The hardest thing is people say the hardest thing is getting to the league. The hardest thing is staying in the league. Yes. Just think about, go back and think about everybody. I had this conversation with my colleagues. I said, what's the NBA draft? What is it, what is it, what is this based on? Like, how do players get drafted? Because you see a lot of players only average like six, eight points, something like that. They get drafted high. Mm-hmm. Off potential. That's all it is. 
and you got two years to show that potential. If you if you're in the if you're in the first round, right? Because you signed a five year deal, two years guaranteed, third year team option, third year fourth year team four, four option. Years, no. Okay, yeah. sweet. So you got two years guaranteed mm-hmm. team option. One and one, yeah. One. Well, now that becomes a qualifying offer unless they took that out. No, it's the same. Yep. All right, so they took the fifth year out, so it's four years. So in two years, if you don't do nothing, now you out the league. Yep. Are you jumping from team to team to team to team to team? Trying to find a spot. Trying to find a spot. Yep. So it's like all these kids now um, who thinking they got to score 30 points, 40 points, 50. Like I tell the G League guys, because I, I played a, a stint in the G League when I was coming back from my hamstring, my um, growing injury. Um, and they was getting mad at me because they was like, Oh man, he already done made it. He already been like, why he taking our shine and stuff like that. So like my first game, I had like twenty five points. It was light, you know. That, that's right. It was light, right? You know, just outsmarting people. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm older now. These kids are like fast as I don't know what. <laughs> I'm just outsmarting, and they getting mad at me. And I told them straight up. I was like, I said, y'all thinking I'm messing y'all's chances up. I said, y'all are the ones messing your own chances up. I said, y'all thinking to score 30 points a game in the G League going to get you called up. It's not going to get you called up. Because when you get to that level, they don't want you to even score. Right. They already got their scores. We are they in the league. They want a piece to the puzzle. <laughs> yeah. And, I, you know, we bumped heads. So I, was just, I, I just knew what my mental game was at. I was like, you know what? This ain't for me no more. You know, I already been through this whole situation. Right. <laughs> I, but I just told myself before I left, I said, hey, man, y'all going to have to come through me one day to get on a team. <laughs> That's funny. And sure. the next year, I retired. And I was the head coach of Summer League. Three of my teammates from that G League team was at my mini workout trying to make my summer league team to go to Vegas with me. Uh, and when I seen there, I laughed. I said, I told y'all. <laughs> and we all laughed. You know, right, I was right, like, right, right. we all laughed. It was like, yo, that's crazy. I said, but I'm just letting you know. And I told him I gave him game. I said, this game we in is about relationships. Yeah. Right? If I, if I knew you was an asshole then, you ain't changed. Your first impression is everything. Man. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't hold it guts because I know where it come from. You know what I'm saying? It come from mm-hmm. somebody young. But yeah. So that, like, but every coach don't think like me. Right. Right. Like, people hold grudges. <laughs> so, I would, and we laugh. I said, I was just trying to teach y'all how to move around this game. But I get it. Y'all young. You know what I'm saying? And I said, you never know who. So, I treated everybody with the utmost respect. The equipment manager. The the video coordinator. Like, look, Spo was a video guy. Now he the head coach of Miami Heat. Yeah. yeah. Like, I treated it, Like, you never know what that person is going to be. Yeah. Like, the head, the general manager of the Rockets was the lawyer. Really? <laughs> and now he the GM of the Rockets. Yeah. You know? So you never know. So you always got to, I always treated people, yeah. the ball boys, equipment manager, people that take care of the arenas or uh, the cleaning service that come clean up the locker rooms and stuff. Like, I always because you just never know what that person might get, you know. So it's like, and they're gonna remember that. So you see a lot of former players who do want to get into coaching who was like those dudes in the league, but they was always assholes. 
So mm-hmm. nobody somebody wanna mess with mess with them. So now it's it just it that's just how the game is. It's like people remember when you was up up. <laughs> yep. And you know what I'm saying? So it's it's, it's the same. Integrity. So it's, so it's integrity, but that's why I said it's the principles I still don't I always treated people with the utmost respect. I don't like you might be the next rich Paul one day. And I might want to be an agent. Now I gotta go through Todd and be like, yo, can you teach me the ropes about this agent? But if I was always shit like like talking crazy or whatever, then he's gonna be like, no. Nah, I remember back in 20 years ago when you did so and so. Like Right. <laughs> so no, that's, and that's why I would tell these young kids, man, like y'all could be the man right now. People gonna remember how you treated them along along the way. And it's gonna be one point you're gonna need some help. Everybody's gonna need help one point of their life. Man. So that's it true. just it's it just you know, always I, I, I instill this in my kids that I train. I'm like treat, like don't use the N word in, in 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 my gym. I get it. Don't 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 I'm with the competitive, but we can use other words than the N word right. to get our emotions out. I don't care about the cursing, which is crazy. I, I don't. Yeah. But, you know, I'm just also, that's your brother. So every time we end practice, I say one, two, three, family, four, five, six, be great. After every practice. Because mm-hmm. when we in this gym, we part of the JL3 umbrella. We a family. We help each other out. If we each struggling in math and one of y'all are good in math, get on the phone, get on FaceTime, figure it out. Because if he can't come to the gym, he's not getting better and you're not getting better because iron sharpens iron. Yeah. So that that is, you know, that's the structure. I'm trying to lay down foundation, help each other up, hold each other accountable. Like, yeah. don't wear earrings in my workout. Don't wear, you better not wear um, pajama pants. Man, to my workout. Never, I don't understand. Like, you know, it's just like, <laughs> it's, it's like, I might be old school. Like, no, there's purpose behind it, though. Like, I don't wear a do-rag in my workout. Yeah. yeah. Hats, I can't do hats even. Like, you can walk in with a hat, boom, yeah. put it down. Like, don't wear no neck chokers, no pearl necklaces, none of that in my workout. Like, because at the end of the day, you can't wear it in a game. Right. Practice the way you play. Prepare. Yeah. Right, so it, that like I I get it. Like I wear sweatpants now when I play, but because I'm not going to play in no games. Right, and plus I need my legs to stay warm. Like right. I'm older. <laughs> they get cold. They get cold. No, you know I got to go sit down. But I always want to teach them the proper way of preparing for what they're about to go embark on. So it's just like we need more. And I uh, I said this when I went to speak to your kids. Like what y'all are doing over there is giving these kids structure at an early beginning when a lot of kids don't really have that structure. Because right now you got tournaments every weekend where they just roll the ball out and they're just playing, mm-hmm. but there's no structure. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. At least they need some kind of structure, right? Because you got to build a house from the ground up. If you build a house from top to bottom, it's going to crumble. So what we, like as us as coaches, and it's, I live on four things when they come to coaching. I'm an educator, I'm a mentor, I'm a counselor, and positive conflict. Those are my four coaching keys. Because the educators, I'm educating you on this game. I'm educating you with life. Mm-hmm. I'm a counselor because <laughs> I got to listen. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got to guide you through certain things. I'm a mentor because I have to show you how I stand and help. hopefully you can follow the good things I have out of it. 
and mentor you along this way of whatever you're trying to embark on. And positive conflict is we're not always going to agree. I might tell you to do another line. And you know, we're going back and forth. But if you tell me why you don't want to do a line, and I can, and then I tell you why I think you should do a line, now we're coming to a positive yeah. to where we both can get what we want to get to. Mm-hmm. And that's what coaching is to me. It ain't, it, ain't, it ain't got nothing to do with X's and O's, defensive concepts. Coaching to me is, is managing egos. Yeah. And also being what I said. Because I'm, what am I going to tell LeBron in a game? Like one time they had me on video, you know, social media catch everything. I'm telling LeBron what he's doing to post. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it was like, oh, you out there coaching, coaching. <laughs> I just said, I think you should, the way, how big you are, you bump them, step back, and go to your fadeaway, you don't got to do everything else. Because I'm watching it. Yeah. And that's all I said. Right. But it's like, he one of the greatest players in the, in the world. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, I'm just seeing what he was like. He did the move the next time I told him to, he scored. He looked at me, he was like, oh, yeah, I see. But it was just more, because in the heat of the moment, I see stuff because I got the, yeah, you, you watching the game. And, you know the game. And, I, and I'm just like, I'm seeing it ahead. Like, why you keep doing that when all you got to do is this? Mm-hmm. But it's just more like, and I'm, and I'm learning. Like, I, I sit in the coaches' meetings and I'll just be absorbing. Yeah, I'm like, damn, that's crazy. Like, you think you know everything. You like, concept-wise. Because you ask me a question like, damn, you always pick on the low man. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, the low man is the trigger man. Right. Yeah, and it makes sense. It, it, that's what you, I, you made me play offense better. Just from that. Like, I just, you know. Because it makes you make a decision. Yep. You know, like, he pulled in, you know that man open. He don't pull in, the dunk or the pocket pass open. The game is simple. Super simple. People make the game harder <laughs> yeah. than what it is. Mm-hmm. But the game is the most simplest game in basketball. And if you watch an NBA game, everybody runs the same offense. Same stuff. It's just different names. It's just different names. Like, we did an action today. Uh, I put them through an action. Basically, it was Milwaukee's, and now the Lakers run it. It's called Thumb Up Action. AD screens down for Lonnie Walker. He comes this way, throw the ball in the – you can do a dribble handoff, or he come into a step up back. They did the same thing with Giannis and Drew Holiday. It's the same concept. Right. And then you go watch the Pelicans. They do it with CJ and B.I. It's just the same. Now you might throw a double screen, two corner man in the corner three, so you keep the paint open. Now you picking on the low man, Ooh, he gonna pull. It's, it it oh, just reads. So it's just like, like what are we talking about? So I, sometimes I be in the meetings, be like, what are we talking about here? That's delay. Like, right. This was gonna happen. Like, why are we making this so difficult in what it has to be? Right. And it, but it's also like you said, it's about read, it's about feel. Basketball to me is about a game of rhythm. Like, I know when James Harden going to shoot his shot. Oh, I'm, I'm counting his dribbles. Yep. I know his tendencies. I know when Chris Ball going to sidestep. They're always in the corners when he get the big to switch on. Why is that? Why like, does he sidestep? Because so the, because the big man can't get to it. He you know, so he can see the rim. Oh, because <laughs> he's so little. He's but you know, with the footer. It but, makes sense. Okay. That, but that's why people, that's you, know, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So he sidesteps so he can see the rim. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I know that like you watch so much basketball, you start learning everybody's tendencies. I know LeBron's gonna shoot the three when he does what? Look at his hand. Yep. <laughs> you, but you you the see it. Up. Yeah. The, the, 
Well, you know what I'm saying? Real so, quick. All right, we got to get, uh, yeah. get through this last segment and wrap up. Um, it's where were you when? Uh, the moment in basketball history that uh, we want to reflect on. So we're going to hop in our DeLorean, go back in mm-hmm. time. I wish I had the date. We're going to post the date on the video. Mm-hmm. Um, what was my favorite moment? No, we're going to talk about the moment. Where were you when and what did it do for your life when okay. AI crossed Jordan? Uh, when AI crossed Jordan, I was at the Wells Fargo Arena in Philadelphia. Uh, it happened on the away side basket in front of the away bench, top of the key. I had I was in the box in the middle, opposite side of the bench. Had him isolated at the top. He hit him with the first left to right to see if he was gonna bite. Crossed it back over, extended it with the left. Mm-hmm. Cross back. Damn. <laughs> I, just, I just pictured that whole moment right there when I was explaining. I was I was in eighth grade when that happened. And I was at the game. My dad was the coach of the Sixers the year before. So we still had our tickets to the game. And after the game, I got to go to the back and I got Jordan shoes. And I got his Jordan shoes that he signed them for me. Wow. After that game, after he got crossed up in that game. <laughs> What did that moment mean to you think? What what did that moment mean to you in basketball? AI crossing Jordan. You know what it really meant to me? That everybody can get beat. Mm. It was like I, everybody thought Jordan was a god. Like he didn't have no flaws. Mm. And like you just saw like, oh, he's human too. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he can get crossed. Like it made me feel like I can cross him if I go out there and play. As a kid, like you made me feel like I can get like so they just let me know like whoever they said was better than me is like you can get it I can get I can get it to them. That's dope. For that, me, that was it. For me, it's like uh it's like when Fresh Prince of Bel Air, right? When Will Smith comes to the Bel Air mansion, and that whole first episode was just him bringing his life and his culture into this suburban environment. Mm-hmm. That moment, I love the first episode of Fresh Prince when I watch often. You know, he's doing the beats, he's putting his posters on the wall, he's turning his jacket inside out, doing his own thing. AI entered the league like that. He was this personification of hip hop and this new generation. And he's entering the league, taking it to everybody, the, the GOAT, mm-hmm. you know? And hey, my style, my culture, my swag works too. I don't have to do it like you did it. And I always appreciate that because I always felt like I do things different. Like you said, you know, my parents instilled some things in me that that stuff ain't ever going to change. And people would laugh at it when I was younger, but it's a thing that's brought me to where I am today. And so for me, that AI moment is always that, yo, I can, I can be me regardless of who's standing in front of me. Right. And so... Um, I think I always enjoy those moments where something, especially of, of hip hop, there's a hip hop head. So something hip hop enters into a realm where it doesn't feel like it belongs mm-hmm. and it succeeds. I love that feeling. And uh, yeah, I wanted to be like AI after that. <laughs> I wanted to be like AI after that. So yeah. Um, so thank you once again, man. This is dope. I, we could talk for probably another hour. This is <laughs> no. the longest show, hands down. Um, <laughs> 
Thank you for coming by. Man, thank we you for having 24 me. 24-second shot clock. Let the people know what's going on in your life, how they can support you. Uh, we'll have your your um, handles and everything in the uh, in the description, so you don't have to worry about that. But mm-hmm. how can we get support what you're doing? Or, oh, man, uh, I'm just hey, – all I'm doing is giving the game to the next generation of hoopers. That's it. Uh, you know, you can just follow whatever you want to follow from that. But that's, yeah. that's basically what I do, just about in the changing lives, girls and boys. Doesn't matter. They want to play. We're going to instill the right things in the structure of everything, not just in the game of basketball, in the game of life, too. Dope. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Elevate Your Game. Thank you, John Lucas. We'll see you guys next time. Peace.